Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself continue our discussion on the Lord's Prayer, discussing the third petition of the Lord's Prayer. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow. I have my buddies here today. Pastor Jason Goodham. And Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Just Sufu. kidding. Right. Pastor Sufu. Brian Rick. <laughs> I didn't, that was a reference to, Sufu was a re- reference to Dr. Seuss? I don't think Or did so. I miss that? No, no. it was just Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls. Yeah, yeah, right. I know, but okay, never mind. I'll stop I talking. feel bad for the one person who started here listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> My son was just in a musical called Seussical, which was, Seussical. Oh, it was cool. really quite fun. And so I kind of have Dr. Seuss nice. on the mind. So, Well, it would be creative of us to try to talk about the third petition in Dr. Seuss. In rhyme? Yeah, in rhyme. But Wow, that would take in, a lot of work. That would. An iambic yeah. pentameter. Yeah. Nice. There you go. And we could even uh, maybe wrap it, put a beat behind it. Ooh. We are in a recording studio here. We are. Yes. But we're too white for that, probably. <laughs> a systematician never forgets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that Horton Hears a Hue? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, man, we, let's let's get back we, to the Lord's yeah, Prayer. We, we're, we're talking about the third petition. Um soundboard man we need to figure out uh anyway put third petition uh here it is thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven what does this mean the good and gracious will of god is done indeed without our prayer but we pray in this petition that it may be done also among us and then how is this done Um, When God breaks and hinders every evil counsel and will that would not let us hallow the name of God, nor let his kingdom come, such as the will of the devil, the world, and our flesh. Instead, he strengthens and keeps us steadfast in his word and in faith until we die. This is a gracious and good will. Lord, keep us steadfast in thy word. One of my favorite hymns. And it was introduced to me by a pastor that it's a perfect hymn for Trinity Sunday. So hmm. we used it on Trinity Sunday. All three verses are addressed to different persons of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. That was nice. Yep. No, That's we've done that as well. Neither here nor there, but mm-hmm. uh, you, no. you, you got to wonder if Luther was writing the hymn when he finished that explanation mm-hmm. to keep us steadfast in his word. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the petition that the church in, the Mer- in America gets the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, How so? What do you mean by that? Oh, well, you're a pastor, right? Uh, how mm-hmm. many times have you counseled someone in your office who just wanted to know the will of God? For What's, what lives? is God's will for my life? What yeah, is God's right. will for my life? I have heard, in, and we heard multiple times in seminary from experienced pastors, mm-hmm. the, the, the people who, through paralysis and fear, mm-hmm. couldn't get dressed in the morning mm-hmm. for fear that they would be uh, breaking God's will. It's not God's will for me to wear... A uh, blue shirt today or a red shirt. Well, or, I mean, or, appropriately, it's never God's will for you to wear a White Sox shirt. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, terrible. Man. You set that one up. Can you erase that, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is where we oh. really need to be talking the, about. The other, De- degenerating. The other <laughs> aspect I think that the American church uh, gets wrong about this petition is emphasizing the word go in the Great Commission rather than make disciples. Mm-hmm. Well, you have the wrong, you get the wrong mission out of this. You get yep. the wrong behavior. I, I'm going to paraphrase a quote, and I don't remember who it comes from, mm-hmm. but it's genius. In the American church today, your average individual Christian has absolute free will when it comes to faith 
and coming to faith in Christ and has no free will whatsoever in the day-to-day decisions of life. And that is absolutely inverted. Wow. That is wrong. Yeah. But you yeah. think about it. Uh, we, we, in America, we're all about the decision. We're all about the age of accountability. We're all about the altar call. We're all about these things that we have no power in. These, these things that are, 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 you know, it's, I'm going to be harsh here and I don't care anymore. <laughs> it's lipstick on a pig. Well, what we're doing is we're taking Pelagianism and we're repackaging it to be emotionally manipulative spirituality. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's what Tweet it is. That. And, and, you know, I'm, I'll backtrack a little bit here. There is a point when we preach the gospel where an invitation mm-hmm. is acceptable because the invitations are made in Scripture, right? Well, yeah, Jesus we himself. Know yeah. that. Come to me. But, yep. but to give someone, and especially a baby believer, the idea that their faith is up to a conscious decision that they make is absolute prison, and it is bondage. And, and we have no free will in that God's will in our salvation is that we would be saved. And it just so happens that 100% of our salvation has been taken care of by God and made available to us by God. Mm -hmm. That's that. When it comes to decisions where we have reason in, in, you know, in about 17 years, when we get to the apology of the Augsburg Confession, (laughs) at the pace we're going, Melanchthon talks about this in the apology that uh, in matters of reason, Mm -hmm. in matters and issues that the human brain has been designed by God to comprehend, we have free will. Mm-hmm. We, we have free will to, to build off what we were talking about in the last episode. We have free will to decide who we vote for. And there are good and bad reasons to vote for almost every candidate out there. Then we're, when, when we're voting, oh, you're bringing that up again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guess what? When we're voting, we're voting for sinners. Yeah. Okay? Unless you're voting for Jesus, you're voting for sinners. And Jesus isn't running for office because his kingdom's not of this world. Mm-hmm. Amen. All right. Hey. You have freedom. Right. You have absolute freedom in picking which college you go to after sure. high school. You have, f- you have freedom. <laughs> and, and this one is... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Somewhere Wade Mobley just smiled. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know why, but he just did. Okay? He even listens. <laughs> oh, he does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, you have freedom. Um, I'm sorry, executives at Disney, who eventually will find this podcast and listen to it. You have freedom to decide who you marry. And this is not a marriage issue because homosexual You're not talking about a, like, okay, yeah. yeah that's right. not marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a different issue. Yeah. But what I'm talking about is that God has not ordered the universe so that there's only one right person out there and mm-hmm. it's your objective to find it. Right. Okay? Your, your soulmate? Yeah, your soulmate. Now think about this. I know several people who have successfully gone through marriage until death do they part. 50, 60, I even know a couple who made it 70 years mm-hmm. for marriage, which is ridiculous. I can't even imagine. Ridiculous in a good way. <laughs> in a good way. Mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. just yeah. saying. In a, re- clarify, yeah, right. in, a, in a remarkable way. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm not even going to live 70 years, much less be married 70 years. Uh, but guess what? Their soulmate uh, always happened to be someone who was in their immediate personal contacts list. You know, if there's almost 8 billion people in the world and you run the danger that your soulmate is living over in Nepal, but God is pretty capricious in, in, mm-hmm. in, in that sort of a thing. But, and uh, that's, I think that's part of the trouble with this idea of finding this secret will of God yes. for your life. It's, it crushes you because you're, you're trying to find something that probably doesn't exist, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of, uh, 
you know, some people have illustrated it as like make a little dot and you try to get yourself in the in inside that dot, and that's that's being inside God's will. That's another lingo well, that comes along with this. You you bring up an excellent point too, because that's exactly how moralism works. Mm-hmm. It's this idea of being closer to God rather than further away from God, and it is an entirely false notion of how God relates to us. Mm-hmm. You know, we are. Um, by the word of God, permitted to classify our relationship with God in one of two ways, wrath or reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And that's it. We're not on this sliding scale where if I'm struggling with sin, I'm a little bit further away from God. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm being especially pious, mm-hmm. I'm closer to God. That's not how it works. God's will primarily is your salvation. Mm-hmm. And he has taken care of all of the things necessary for you to believe, mm-hmm. including creating your faith. Right. And there's a number of verses that talk about this is God's will. Yep. And one of them is the yeah. God's will is that all men be saved. Yeah, God yeah. wills that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And, and then in Timothy, God's will is for us to sustain in our faith. God's will mm-hmm. is for us to be sanctified. That's in the first Timothy or second? First Oh, First Thessalonians four. There we or go. Five it's or something. One of the yeah. pastoral epistles, mm-hmm. <laughs> somewhere in there. Um, yeah, God has. God wants you to be saved, and yep. He wants you to maintain and sustain in that faith. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what God's will is. Now, uh, everything else in our life is a matter of Christian freedom, so long as it's not a violation of God's law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay? that's huge. So God's will for your life is not to cohabitate with that girl you really, really like. Mm-hmm. Oh, we just love each other. Or vice versa. Or vice versa. Uh, I'm just speaking to men who are sitting across from me right now, so <laughs> it's a natural pronoun. Uh, uh, I don't care if you really, really love each other. I do care. I, you know, I'd rather have that than an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. But God's will then is for you to be married. And mm-hmm. then the person God has set aside to be your spouse happens to be the person you marry. That's who the right one is for you, okay? That's how it works. And, and you know, we're not going to, in today's day and age, we don't want to seem like we're glass, glossing over issues of abuse mm-hmm. and things like that. Sure. We're not. Uh, where spousal abuse is is the case that you need to get away from that, you need to mm-hmm. report that, your, yeah. your spouse needs to be held accountable for Absolutely. that behavior and repent. Yes. That's not what we're saying. But what I am addressing is if you wake up one day and you're bored with your husband and wife and you're infatuated with someone else, that's not God's will. That's contract love, not covenant love. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the big well, misconception that we see in marriage that it's like a give to get. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that is not covenant biblical marriage love. Covenant biblical marriage love is you give because Jesus did. Mm-hmm. You love because Jesus yeah. did. You decide and choose and you commit because Jesus did. And we would remember that marriage is the institution that is based off the reality of Christ's relationship with the church. Mm-hmm. And so that Christ's relationship is with the church is the reality, mm-hmm. and marriage follows that pattern. Oh, but Jason, we should just follow our heart. Oh, oh man. Never ever follow your heart and your life will be 100% better. <laughs> follow the commandments. <laughs> And, you know, in addition to that, you know, one of the, as God gives us freedom in choices about, you know, life and how, who to marry, what college to go to, all of those things, he not only gives us freedom, but also gives us wisdom. And mm-hmm. that wisdom comes from looking at all of the principles in scripture, looking at 
um, taking it all in, taking the the counsel and advice of friends and family as they observe your life. And so it's not as if we're left completely on our own to try to live no, life. It, no. We're still guided by you know, his indwelling spirit in us. And, and we are not denigrating the value of prayer here. Mm-hmm. If you have a big decision or yeah. even a little decision, one of the things I love about my wife is that uh, she is so gentle and consistent with our children. When, when, whenever any minor issue creeps up, and, and, and it, she does this best when they lose something. <laughs> like, Mom, I can't find my left sandal, <laughs> which happens <laughs> about 17 times a day in our household. The first thing she does, her first response, is to sit down with that semi-distressed child and say, let's pray about it. And, and asking Jesus to help you find that sandal there is nothing wrong with that whatsoever, uh-uh. nope. and mm-hmm. and and it it is it is creating a strong faith mm-hmm. in our children, well, learning to depend on God. You're also creating that the knee jerk response of your children will be to run to God and not oh. to so I mean the things of this world. You're purchasing a new vehicle. Some mm-hmm. that's a route you've been down recently, yeah. yep. Brett. You're purchasing a new home. We're actually in the process of refinancing. Oh, sure. Uh, with with some financial issues. Uh, here or there, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, whatever the case might be, is entirely appropriate, and we are commanded mm-hmm. in in Scripture. When we have anxiety, pray about it. Mm-hmm. Pray, give your cast your cares on God because He cares for us. Yeah. And then use your Christian freedom to make mm-hmm. a decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, yep. you ask for wisdom, and then use the wisdom that God has given you mm-hmm. to make the decision. You, you, yep. you, you don't it. make an emotional decision what feels right, although emotional peace can certainly be part mm-hmm. and parcel of what we're experiencing. But, I mean, you think about this, and, and, and I've had fringy situations in my life throughout the years where someone's like, well, I feel called to missions. Okay, great. I celebrate that. Uh, are you willing to be trained? No, I just want to get out of the mission field. Guess what? You're not called to missions mm. if you're not willing to be trained. If you're not willing to be trained... Count the cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you have family or other responsibilities here that if you just left to go to you know, some place somewhere? Honolulu? Is it Zimbabwe? This is the problem is because legitimately right now in my mind, I have no specific examples. Yeah, right. But legitimately right now, having been a pastor for almost a decade, mm-hmm. uh, I know people who have gone on missions trips to just about every part of the globe. And if I say anything, someone who might hear mm-hmm. this and say, oh, he's talking about me. Oh, right. And like, no, I'm legitimately not talking well, about you. I'll go ahead and say it then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pick a country. But if, if you're neglecting already God-given vocations to do something See, and to that's serve the thing, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I've told pastor friends this, like any ministry that is at the sacrifice of your family and your marriage is not biblical ministry, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and, and, and then we can flip all of this on its head because we have just like the last petition we talked about where God's kingdom comes without our help. Guess what? God's will Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that was one of the things I wanted to point out. Prayer. I love that line. Ooh, indeed, without our prayer. So, <laughs> yeah. And without our help, I think mm-hmm. it would be really useful for us to talk about that, maybe in how that statement relates to maybe the modern view of evangelism within the mm-hmm. American Christian church. I think that would be healthy for us to, to talk about that a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Before we get to that, I want there, there's one pet peeve I need to address with this, and then we'll go there. Okay. <laughs> this... This humble 
pious reluctance to make a decision because we don't hmm. want to violate God's will is the height of all arrogance. Hmm. Okay? If, if you don't want, if you're hesitant to do something because you think you're going to thwart God's plan, <laughs> you have a little God. Well, you, you have also a very have a, tiny God. And you have a big view of yourself. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It, it, God's will mm-hmm. is carried out without our help. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you, we would think of Jesus talking to, to Saul on the road to Damascus. Why are you kicking against the goads? And uh, if, if Paul had been unwilling to repent, uh, he would have been judged in his sin yep. and God would have called another apostle to the Gentiles. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's how it works, okay? So this fear you have of violating God's will, you ask yourself, am I sinning by doing this? If you're not, and it's a wise decision, Make the decision because you cannot thwart God's will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Brian. Now evangelism. Yeah, right. What does God's will have to do with evangelism? What I want. Just that, <laughs> <laughs> I can. I'll. I'll go there. Believe me. But the, what Luther's statement is is that God's kingdom will come yeah, without without our help. Yeah. Yeah. And then God's will is done without our prayer. You know. I know we said this before, but I think that if we would understand. In the Christian church, that God doesn't need us, we would actually become more effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it, and it's part of, in a sense, the family business of our heavenly Father. And the, uh, and fortunately, and I'm so thankful for this, the the family business is is salvation and sanctification. And even though all of that is God's work, and all all of that belongs to God and to the the power and righteousness of Jesus Christ's righteousness, not ours. Mm-hmm. And I ascribe that. We are totally and entirely dependent upon Christ's righteousness for salvation and mm-hmm. sanctification. I, I I confess that, but at the same time, this idea that like I oh I have to go I I have to do this and mm-hmm. it's dependent upon me and even pastors how they take that mantle upon themselves where they're actually trying to take on the mantle of the work of the Holy Spirit. Yep. Instead of just being faithful in who God has called them to be as a husband as a dad, and then as a, as a pastor. Well, and if you're not a faithful husband or dad, you can't be a faithful pastor. No, but a lot it's of people possible. don't realize that. And like, oh, I have to do this. You know, and, and we think that we have to be there for all of these people. And I know that there's an expectation sometimes in churches where the pastor has to visit everybody, the pastor has to do these things, place anything in the blank. But the bottom line is what the pastor is called to do is to be a husband first if they're married, a dad, again, if they're married with children, second, and then be a pastor, teacher, shepherd that equips the saints for the work of the ministry, period. Well, mm-hmm. and, and this is not to say, and, and my family knows because my wife's also a pastor's kid, a PK, mm-hmm. that we might not be called away for pastoral emergencies uh, when it's appropriate. I mm-hmm. mean, I remember my father-in-law was called away from the Thanksgiving table because a member of our congregation, their son rolled his four-wheeler mm. and went to the ER. You know, life-threatening injuries. You know, that that's not at view here. But the pastor who works, you know, 30 hours a day, eight yep. days a week, trying to serve his congregation yep. is, is not being a good shepherd for his sheep. But even those emergency situations... I always look at Connie and I'm like, do I have your permission to go? Uh, my wife totally understands emergency. She understands the urgency of the gospel. But I'm still her husband. Well, and, mm-hmm. and like, you know, 
immediately in our sinful nature, I think it is, we start to cloud what is or what isn't an emergency. Mm -hmm. So that like when we go on vacation as pastors Mm -hmm. and someone contacts us, I have an emergency. Well, the the thing is for us in in the way our church is structured is we have trustees and deacons. Yeah, Trustees are responsible for the material possessions of the church, care of the building, finances. The deacons are the spiritual leaders of the church. It's it's a question of, is this something a deacon can handle? And if it's a hospital visit, yep. yeah, it, it just but, so happens that two of my deacons are also ordained pastors. Oh, <laughs> well, nice. but, but even asking your wife first before yep. you even go down that road, you know, hmm. that's good. I think it's a beautiful thing because you are you're establishing who, you, who God has called you to be in your vocation. Which, mm-hmm. honestly, for all three of us as pastors, mm-hmm. is husband first, dad second, yep. and pastor third. Yep. And so, if that's really the order, then if an emergency does come across our phone, I look to my wife and say, "Do I have your permission to go do this?" And most of the time, she's going to say yes because oh. she sees the need in it. But there's sometimes she'll say, "Can someone else do this?" And I go. I can find someone else to do this. Yeah, and, and amazing how if you're able to prioritize how uh, many quote-unquote emergencies can de-escalate rapidly mm-hmm. when we put it in perspective. And, you know, to be generous to our wives, which we always should be, they want us to be good pastors. Yeah. They want us mm-hmm. to be there for our flocks. Yep. And it's not them versus the church. And right. remember, we're also their pastors. But sometimes we get confused as pastors and we kind of like, oh, they need me. And yeah, so that's, I that's get life point. from yep. this. And mm-hmm. it's just really honestly wrong because mm-hmm. then you're placing how you can feel by being kind of the hero, so to speak, versus actually placing yeah. your wife and your children first. Jesus is the Savior, not us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. He yep. doesn't need us. Yeah. Yep. That's but awesome. But we, we get to do it. Yeah. It's we a have privilege. the honor and the privilege of doing it. And the it. calling to do it. We've yes. been called to do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cool. Well, um, should we wrap up this episode here at this point? Any other comments on... This, we're we're going to have another episode on Yeah, on we're going to do a part yeah, two part to two. this, and, and we're going to open part two with bringing back the evangelism topic because there's a couple of loose ends I want to talk about there before mm-hmm. we jump back into what Luther's saying in the large catechism about this petition, which is unexpected and grand, which mm-hmm. is kind of how it works with Luther anyway. Sure. Um, but yeah, we're going to re-go with uh, evangelism and, and so much of what has been corrupted about evangelism in the church today flies directly in the face of the second commandment mm-hmm. and then of the third commandment in that order. So we're mm-hmm. going we're gonna to unpack that a little bit, and uh, then we're going to do some Bible studies after that. Yep. Cool. Uh, I'd love to read from Luke uh, chapter 24 as he is encouraging the disciples who have now become apostles, uh, the 11 remaining. He's, then Jesus opened up their, their minds, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Amen. Amen. Hi, and thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on iTunes. Please join us next time as we continue our discussion on the third petition of the Lord's Prayer. God bless you and have a great week.